Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 111. That's one, one, one. Mm, there might be some cool significance to that. Hi, guys. Hey, how are you? This. Oh, I got to find you know an adjective. When I say, yes. <laughs> you say something, and I'll eventually get an adjective. All right. <laughs> Hope you all have had a good week. Hope you all are enjoying the summer. Some of you I know are sweating it out. Some are also in our camp where we're in this rainy season of Colorado. Yay, rain. And we're getting nice, nice warm temps, but then in the afternoon it's, it gets cloudy and cools down to be in the 70s or 60s, depending on your elevation. That's and my then favorite. It warms back up. It's a beautiful time of year here in Colorado. Yep. So we were, I don't know where you want to head. So I was going to say we were, we got to go to Green Mountain Falls yesterday yeah. and Friday and up in the mountains a little bit up the pass and uh, everything is green. Gosh, you go up the pass, uh, Highway mm-hmm. 24 up to Woodland Park, you pass. So we got the red rock and everything is really lush and green right now because of all the rain. And it is just really yeah. pretty. It's I mean, really I've pretty. Never seen Colorado so green, it, and I'm all for it. I vote for more <laughs> rain. So, yeah. So Dan has some thoughts. Yeah. Well, we were thinking. I was actually listening to a guy. We were we went to a little conference yesterday. It was on a little bit stuff on healing and so forth. But and this kind of has nothing to do with that, except <laughs> it just sparked a thought. <laughs> that's that. Uh, yes, that's right. So this is. I'm going to try to connect a couple of things that I think have impacted. This all. is a dot to dot today. We're yeah, connecting we're having, dots. Yeah, but I think it's things that have affected all of us in some way, and it kind of. And it's funny just talking about it before we got here. It's amazing just even the reaction difference between me and Becky on some thoughts. So that's kind of the point. Is so. How many of you? Yes, raise your hands. Have you hear somebody talk about, I don't know, miraculous stuff. You hear a big uh, missionary talk or something where dramatic things happened or miracles occurred and all that. And I realized while listening yesterday that there's probably at least three reactions. I'm sure there's more, but there's probably at least three categories of reactions when people have big, giant miracle stories. The first would be, we'll call that the positive one is, wow, that's so inspiring. I want to do that too. And I want to be involved in that. And then there's another reaction, which somebody might say, that guy's just bragging a lot. (laughs) Of course, actually going with that when I, it may be the, I don't even think that's true. You know, that's even another reaction. Mm -hmm. And then the other reaction is on the other side is, I feel shame because I'm not doing that. Why am I not doing the cool stuff that those cool people are doing? And so I wanted to first toss that idea around a little bit and then connect that to another thought. But it's interesting, and I think that's partly indicative of our personality. It's partly indicative of the particular speaker because some of us can have different reactions, obviously, from different speakers, you know depending on you mean how they present what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, how they present it. You might 
be more wee-ha, this is great than I am. And on another guy, I might be more like, wow, yeah. And you might be more, ooh, I feel terrible or something. And, you know, it just depends. So I think discussing the whole notion of how do we react and hear things is kind of the point today. And it's not to say anybody's right or wrong. It's how do we dig out from what people say to get the thing that may, that hopefully is from God, that's for us, you know, and I'm presuming that if a speaker's there, there's something there from God. It could be that he's utterly worthless. He or she is, has no value whatsoever. And maybe you'll notice that, but Uh, you know what, (laughs) let me just jump in. Okay. Um, Because already you're, Am I heading a different it, place? No, 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 no. Okay. You're already had. You're already in, um, sparking things in my head. Ah. So, anytime you're in a position to hear anything, it can be spiritual or not. So, obviously, we're talking about spiritual things. What you hear from God may or may have nothing to probably has pretty much nothing to do with the speaker. Hmm. So, what you just said is, you know, he might have some. Probably, he has something to say to you. Uh, it's pretty much up to you what yeah. you're hearing. Because God is talking and moving all the time. And not to say that people aren't, you know, that people have a message or something specific for a congregation or for a person. You know, there might be a word from God or whatever that term. Oh, so abused. But also, it's, I think, what you're going to head into here, if I might give the category here is where are you at and what can you get from what's being spoken Mm -hmm. or searched through in the scriptures or whatever is that kind of you know what i think what you get what you get out of this is kind of up to you i think so and sometimes we may have things that get in the way or that enhance the experience based on where we're at or we may have issues in our life that get in the way sometimes and make it hard to hear things. So I interrupted so, before you got to say your third yeah. thing. So go ahead and say your, so you had, you had, yeah, I'm o- the responses. Yeah, I'm really open. This is very inspiring. I'm ready to listen. There's the, this guy's a quack. I'm not under, you know. Yeah, a quack or a braggart or mm-hmm. I don't know what, you know, something that's negative about him personally, you know. Them. That that person is mm-hmm. questionable. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing. The third thing is. I get shame and condemnation because he's doing his thing and I'm not doing that or I don't have that experience. I'm not experiencing so-called the big things of God or the miracles that they're doing or what's the results. What's wrong with me? Yeah, why, don't, why can't I experience this? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Which is what happened to me yesterday. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And that... And that's tough, right? Because you can go, like, let's say healing one, you can go watch and see some people and even see miracles happen. And then it's like, well, I didn't get that. And, you know, then it's like, what's, is there something wrong with me? And is there, you know, you could go into all sorts of questions. And and I think a lot of them are not good questions. Generally, they, <laughs> they're wallowing. I don't, not in the sense of you shouldn't be allowed to ask them, but I think, I think they often become accusatory towards yourself, like, what's wrong with me? Am I bad? You know, those kind of questions and so forth. And I don't think, you know, that's not a healthy place to be, probably, most likely. 
So let me see if we can connect this or some other thoughts. The other thing is the guy was per the other last week or something. So we went to, we heard this man speak three times at our church, twice yeah. on a Friday night, and then yesterday he did a addendum, basically a workshop. Yeah. So you're, are you going to head back to yeah. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, he yeah. said last week? So he had this verse, and he said, here's a verse that a lot of people just kind of bleep over, but we miss how significant it is, and that's 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Mm-hmm. And it says, and it's one of those where there's a lot of verses in the Bible that if you read it, it's almost incomprehensible how good it is in terms of what the promises, you know, like the John, context gets in the way. Yeah. John, like John 15, 16, 17, where Jesus says, you know, we're loved just in the same way the father loves the son, the father loves us, you know, and most of us go, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you know, you might want to sit there and think about that a while that you are loved as much as Jesus is loved. And it's like, that's kind of a big deal a lot and this is a similar one because it says actually I'm going to go back to the previous verse um, it says for even if there's so called gods whether in heaven and earth indeed there's many gods quotes and many lords in quotes yet for us there is one God the father from whom all things came and for whom we live and there is one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things came and through whom we live so it's a very simple Everything comes from God. Everything is created through Christ. And that is, he is through whom we live. And, but if you read that verse, it's in the middle of that whole thing about food sacrificed idols and what should you eat and not eat and all that. Well, it, isn't this addressing the fact that those other gods really don't have any there's no significance to, to them. them. Yeah. yeah. Right. And what it is, is even gets to the point at the end where basically you have an idolatrous mindset, which is why it makes you stumble in such a big thing, because you see idolatry as significant, important, etc. Which is connects right exactly to what you were saying or right. what I was saying. Together, we are saying this, your filter. Yeah. Sometimes your filter gets you totally out of whack and so how you respond I, to things it, yeah it, it corresponds to your filter how you are perceiving life and the messages of life and re responding to god and all of that yeah and i think what what the thing that hit me with this is reading that context is there's a lot of verses in there that are just explaining all the the I'll call it the don't part which is all the Look, it's not really idolat. There are no real idolat idols for you to worry about. There isn't this stuff. And so there's all this explanation for the negative when he just said these two sentences, which are potentially life-changing life sentences. But then he has to go to all this explanation. And I realized that when you think about it, a large amount of the Bible, especially the New Testament, the Old Testament has a lot of narrative. The New Testament has a lot more explanation. A lot of the explanation is just spending time of what you're thinking is wrong. Here's the here's why it's wrong. And here's the truth. And usually the truth is a nugget. But then you have to go through a lot of space to explain. And I'm not saying this. I'm not, you know, this isn't what I mean. And in fact, I've had the same thing in my teachings. You know, I wrote a book, Extreme Turbo Mega Grace, 
and gave that out. Some people, the response was life-changing. Um, there's other people that are had a negative, like, uh, are you saying it's okay to go sin? And it's like, oh, well, I have to go explain all these things. Like, no, grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not saying sin is okay. And you get to go do all this explanation because there's some kind of a filter or mindset that gets in the way of hearing the clear, delightful, fragrant truth that's just a nugget that just says you are loved. Like right here, all thing, Christ is through, all things came through him and he is how we live, period. You know, but then we gotta have chapters and chapters of explaining, we're not talking about this and idol, idols aren't really a thing. And yeah, is it important to have that additional information? Yeah, I mean, it's probably good to know all that. But often we get tied up in the the larger discussion and we miss the value and the delight of the focus of the truth that's being given there. And I think that's over and over. Go back again to John, the chapter in uh, John 15, 16, 17, where it's, you know, we are loved as the father loves the son. It's like, we might need to just sit there and dwell in the truth of that statement over say and over. Yeah, say la, let's hang out there. And, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that in the Bible that's just, people have cultural garbage. Like a lot of, I'm going to use Paul as the example. He's got to write all this stuff to churches because some of these churches have so much cultural junk that you've got to get rid of that's keeping them from just enjoying the love of God and that they are truly loved. So in the Corinthians, they were so whacked out on all sorts of various things. Ideally, Paul should be able to just say, hey, listen to the Holy Spirit, do that and dwell in the love of God. That's really the message we need to have and just bathe in that. But somehow he has to say in there, oh, and by the way, don't sleep with your stepmother <laughs> because there was such whacked out stuff going on where people didn't connect what should be the obvious dots of, you know, hey, don't get involved in really strange sexual stuff. Yes, he says that in almost every book. I mean, it's one of those I realized once was going through, you know, Paul is the grace guy, but there is one thing that he constantly hits on and says, this is something that's going to really distract you and pull you away from God are these various sexual temptations. That's almost always his big one in most of his books. And, you know, you look at that and go, why is that? I think the answer is it's it's kind of a big thing that sticks out and tends to grab people and pull them away from the truth, the reality of what God's trying to do. There's a false intimacy which is being presented and God is constantly saying, here is real intimacy. This is the reality of oneness in a relationship is what Jesus just said there, you know, and also in John, I'm in you and you're in me. That is the relational intimacy that God desires for us. And so, go ahead. Connecting it there to your 
context of Paul really hammers on sexual um, perversion. Christ in us is a very, I'll use Paul's word, Paul Richard's word, existential kind of concept. And I think the truths in the existential realm or the supernatural realm or whatever, I think it's the reason we have a body. Mm-hmm. The re- and our bodies are where we get to experience a lot of the existential stuff. Yeah. And so the kind of intimacy that we can have with God to be fully known, to be in a relationship where trust flows freely, love flows freely, vulnerability flows freely. Mm-hmm. He made it so that you have sexual pleasure. Right. And to have that with somebody that you can trust is a picture of, is a, I don't even like the word picture. It's just an experience a bodily experience, a physical experience of what happens existentially, what happens in our minds, what happens in a space that is hard to grasp, hard Mm -hmm. to put any kind of, um, it's a presence beyond what's going on Mm -hmm. in your relationship and in the flow of love and in the understanding of intimacy with God, you, you experience it, but you, it's, and sometimes you experience it in your body, you, you know, get tingly things or whatever, um, tingles down your spine or mm-hmm. uh, a sense of out, kind of an out of body experience, you know, where you just feel like you're not even in the material world. Being in the spirit is what the charismatics call it. Um, lots of different things about that. Um, but it's hard to connect with other people in those experiences. Right. Those you, are... That's you experiencing something with God, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. But you're not put here as a spirit. We're not just a spirit here on earth. We are here in bodily form. Right. Which was why it was so important for Christ to be here in bodily form. Mm-hmm. To be able to say, I, let me show you what it means to have a body and experience complete union with God in a body. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as we know, he was married. I have no idea what his sex life was like. Jesus? Yeah. He didn't have one. Well. I'm going to say that's a hard no. As far as we know, <laughs> as yeah. far as what's written in the Bible right. or any other kind of historical context. Right. He didn't do, he didn't right. have a sexual partner. He didn't yes. have a wife. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little unfair because well, that's why? one thing that he does not speak about right. ever. And, and I think there's a connection to the fact that Paul has to address it so often because of how so many other people in the world, all of us, how we all interpret, well, what do I do with this sex drive? What do I do with my sexual, mm-hmm. the sexual part of my body, of my essence? In the words of my dad, it's and better Jesus, to marry than to burn with lust. Jesus <laughs> said, it's not just the words of your dad. Know, it's in the Bible. <laughs> you know, and, and Jesus doesn't really say very much about that, you know, so it's. He it's, does it's, say a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah, it's that's not what a I said. major he thing. He doesn't say very much about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to say, like, you you're right there's it feels kind of like that's the one part where 
oh, I don't know how to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get a clear do it this way. You know, there's a lot of rules, either from the law or from Jesus teaching. Here's the way. Here's what kingdom life looks like. Mm-hmm. Here's how you walk with God here. Right. But in that one area, which is a very prevalent area of pretty much everybody's life, once they hit puberty, yeah, you don't get a whole lot of godly exa- yeah. explanation about it. And so maybe there's a reason that it's gone so rampant or or that Paul has to address it in the epistles so much and that it's constantly addressed with spiritual leaders constantly. Yeah. Um, because we're all trying to figure it out. We're trying, well, it's the and, number one drive, I think, in humanity, saying, too. So it's a big... I know. It's a huge driver. Because it's, a, it's supposed to right. represent the intimacy that we are created to have with other people and with God. It's a, it's a tool, shall we say, mm-hmm. of giving yourself and having a place with another person or God where you can be completely known and <coughs> have all the filters and w- everything exposed to whatever level you can possibly get to where you can say, I'm going to have this experience with another human being yeah. and it be a, a, a in the spirit moment, <laughs> you know, like an yeah. out of body experience, basically, right. where you are so flooded with pleasure for a moment that you, the, the actual act, of course, is what I'm talking about. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. talking about all the sexual identity stuff that we're, that's in our, around us in our society today, but. But just that, the act of it, to be in the spirit, is the same kind of thing. So um, I don't know where I'm headed okay. <laughs> with this. Well, we've but of, I just wanted to say, you you, yeah. you lommed on to it with, this is, you know, Paul talks about this in every single epistle. Because it is really supposed to be this precious, mm-hmm. wonderful gift. And it is, not just supposed to be. It is a precious, wonderful yeah. gift. They get so maligned and so screwed up and so hard and then this goes to the filters like however you are how wherever you have openness or closeness yeah. in your life and in your relationship that's going to affect how you relate to your partner that's a picture of how you relate right. to god wherever you have openness or closeness in your life that's going to affect how you hear things from god right perhaps through other people like preachers well, who come is, and yeah. teach about healing. Oh, I'm trying to bring it back down to what's well, all right. We're, this is an interesting turn that I was not expecting today, but that's all right. Cause I think there's some, it, it does tie here because of, there is a lot of stuff about where we're at and how we perceive and stuff. Cause it's, it ties exactly with that. And I think part of the issue is God is, and it, it relates all to the intimacy to everything. God is trying to always develop intimacy. Intimacy is a true, real connection between people or God and people. And you'll even see, you know, we have the instructions. Is it in Ephesians where it talks about, you know, husbands and wives? And then he finishes and says, well, I'm actually talking about Christ and the church. And we usually bleep over that and just use the instructions for husbands and wives. 
And it's like, no, wait a minute, go back to Christ and the church. And there's something about intimacy with God and his people. And the whole point of, go back to the garden, you know, Adam and Eve were naked. Why? Because they could sit there and be intimate and they could also be exposed before each other and have a healthy relationship where they could see each other for who they are. Now, if we come to what's happening today, I'm going to go just a slight touch into the weird political things, but just a hint because it connects to this. We have gotten into a place where culturally and sexually, there's a lot of the nakedness without true intimacy. And what actually comes in some of that is actually a lot of shame is produced in those relationships either intentionally and accidentally. I guess I'm not going to go talk too far because we can head down a, a deep rabbit hole here. But what happens is we start to view uh, sexuality as intimacy, which it is supposed to be a tool for that. But this is all the warnings Paul constantly was having through those books. Sexuality outside of the bounds of a committed marriage isn't intimacy what it is is it becomes an abuse where actually intimacy is destroyed and so this is again if we're not coming from the right place we don't really <laughs> receive what we're supposed to get out of that and so and in fact as we head down into i mean there's stuff going on that's just so terrible and it's all about actually destruction of intimacy it's destruction of relationship and there's a lot of that happening in the world right now. So go ahead. I see that hand out there. I don't want to interrupt until you finished your thought, but another dot was connected here. Yeah. I think I, that could relate to idols mm -hmm. and yeah. why idols there's, are so. <laughs> idols destroy the intimacy that you're yes. meant to have in relationship with And God. they had that exact problem in Corinth where you went to the temple and you paid the temple prostitutes. And that was part of what church was, was prostitution and a false sexuality. And in fact, Corinthians, it was actually considered an insult. People would call other people Corinthians as an insult because they were considered kind of the skankiest people in the Roman Empire when it came to the sexuality. And so they were so debauched. And but what they completely lacked was actual intimacy and I think that's why Paul has to explain so much is sometimes there's people that have had so much of these physical relationships that are so hurting from it because there is no, they have not experienced true intimacy, even though they have all what is supposed to be the reality of intimacy, they have never really received it. They've gotten the counterfeit. And I think modern With culture- With God, you're saying? Yeah. Well, even in with other people, too. So even interpersonally, but in everything. Yeah, it's a so it becomes something where um, I mean, we've done they've done experiments with mice and monkeys and stuff where you can stimulate them and they'll basically kill themselves doing stimulations and other things. And it's one of those where if you get into this bad, bad thing where you're hoping for something and all you get is the little buzz, 
it's bad. It just leaves you in a really bad, bad place because it's, you know, it's the same as eating sugar, right? A sugar sweet. It's like, ooh, yummy sugar. But it's like, what happens if all I eat is sugar? There's a point my body caves in from nothing but sugar. It's just destructive. It's an, it's initially attractive in what it gives, but it does not provide the fullness of a meal and the reality. And the sex is sometimes the same way. In the wrong context, it alleges to give you something that's full, but in fact, you're missing the full thing and it just leaves you more and more empty as a result. And so this is where, how do we get from our beginning discussion of how do we become a healthy receiver of the word? You know, part of that is to, is to, we have to be connected to God. We cannot be walking around all the time, listening to just the input of the world and not connecting to the input of God, or we're going to go down the, that path. And okay, so how do you know if you're listening to God? Yeah, that's the that is the most common question. How do you hear from God? How do you know God? So I, I think I have some ideas, but you, well, if you do go for it. No, if you got the ideas, you go. Otherwise, I'll have to make something up. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have thoughts, but you go first. Well, I you know, I'm in this huge um know yourself phase mm-hmm. and so for right now it feels like you know for so much of my life it was God was out there mm. first when I was little it was about God you know is in the rules and then you get a little bit older and you realize okay I can't obey all these rules all the time so now you know God is in my relationships so then you make all these friendships and then you try to find a partner and wife or a husband or whatever and you find God in relationships and all these are steps right nothing is bad all of it is growth okay so well, they're partial so you have, understandings they're yeah. partial understandings that's a good way to say it so um but in each phase you there is a um I can only speak out of my own experience and conversations I've had with other people but there is something intrinsically driving a purpose I, I have, where is my purpose? Where is my purpose? Why am I on the earth? What, what's happening? There's a lot of that kind of stirring in my heart. And like I said, others that I've talked to, and I feel like that is God's wooing. That is God's drawing. Keep, keep going. Yeah. I, you know, okay. You found me in, in the structure of, uh, uh you know, a, a church life and family life for me. The two were very entwined. You found me in the structure of relationships. You found me in new understanding. You know, when you get into your 20s, you're starting to really grow in your education. And and whether it's a formal education or life experience education, you're really Mm -hmm. growing in understanding and knowledge. You know, and then in the next phase of life, you're maybe um, having your own families or your own experiences and career and and growing and newing and dis- discovering all those places God is there fulfilling the needs fulfilling the purpose need fulfilling the intimacy need mm-hmm. and in every stage he is bringing you into deeper understanding of what life meaningful life is so I gotta s- 
put a little parentheses in here. That was my biggest nugget takeaway actually from this, from listening to Paul. He said eternal life when, when, when Jesus says this is eternal life, he's really saying this is meaningful life. This mm-hmm. is the meaning of life. I loved that clarification. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the meaning of life. Right. We have that in us. God is in us, but we are discovering it at every level where we're at. So all of that I'm saying right now, I am, I am done with raising my family. I am done mo- for the most part with my career. I still work part time, but um, it's not, it's just a, it's just a joy. I just love mm-hmm. what I do, you know, what I'm doing. So it's not like I'm really in the thick of a career. And I am in a big self dis- self discovery phase and finding God as I learn more about who I am outside of roles, but who am I as a as just a plain old person? Mm-hmm. I am in a uh, I'm open to okay then what is God? How is God in how he's made me? And how is God relating to me? So, so to answer the question, right, for me is, how do I know the voice of God? Well, what are you interested in learning about at, the, at whatever stage you're in? You're going to find God in whatever it is you're learning about. God is discovery. God mm-hmm. is every, like you just read in 1 Corinthians, God created all things and is in all things. God created all things and is in all things. We're not just talking about material things. We're talking mm-hmm. about emotional things, mm-hmm. psychological things, intelligent things. God is in all of that. Yeah. And wherever we are in our, well, I want to discover that passion is him. That passion of, I want to know more about whatever it is, whatever stage of life you're in. That's God. God is in that saying, I'm here. Discover about yourself and who you are um, at whatever stage you're in. You know, one of our sons, we got to talk to him a couple of days ago and he told us about a thing that he's doing, um, which is uh, kind of challenging yourself to some physical, I think it's mostly physical things, are they? But maybe predominantly. Some also. Well, it's like it's whole person. It's whole person, not just physical. Because yeah. he talked about the reading thing too. Yeah. Where he said it's kind of like Boy Scouts for adults, where you you have um, daily or weekly goals and your challenges and doing difficult things. Right. And... Physically challenging yourself, or mentally, or you know, mm-hmm. challenging yourself, whatever. Right. And he's discovering some things about God. You know, God put this in his path and said, here, you want to try this? And he said, yes. I mean, he probably didn't have that conversation with it, but that's essentially what was happening. Like he was presented this new thing and our son, Benji, he said, oh, I want to try this. And so he's doing it. That's God. That's him responding to God and God's purpose in Benj, where he Mm -hmm. is motivated and and uh has the strength and energy to do this new thing to discover god and at and how doing challenging things he can do them mm-hmm. he's gonna, he's having success in doing these challenging things for the most part 
And that's discovering God. That's knowing God. So whatever stage you're in, be aware. What am I, what am I interested in? Now, if I'm not interested in anything, (laughs) we got a little red flag, don't we? Like, okay, what's blocking my interest in life, my purpose in life? What's making another situation with another kiddo? I'll be very vague about this, but, um, that, had some hard things going on in their life and it could affect his, their future. And I noticed with this kiddo, this, they were trying (laughs) so hard. (laughs) They were uh, in a kind of closed position. I could tell they were in a kind of a closed mindset until something happened and they They realized Oh, I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. What happened hasn't hindered what I want to do in the future and right. I can move forward. And so they are now open. I can tell like a little, like our little lotus flower. It's open. They are opening back up to life yeah. and creative things and relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a great example. Like what is closing you up? where you aren't experiencing something, you know, the, uh, a, a new interest or a creative space or just a peace and a mm-hmm. rest in life and discovering God in the rest and the peace. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about our little flower. So I, we talked uh, mm-hmm. two months ago, almost two months ago now about finding the water lilies and that path that God led us on to the water lilies. Well, guess what? We got a bloom this week. We yes. got a water lily bloom. And we are learning about water lilies. But the thing that I didn't know is that they open and close, open and close. When I was in Texas last week, there's a bunch of water lilies on the on the water uh-huh. when I was there. And I only looked at them when they were open. So I didn't know that they opened and closed. But the one in our house and from what we're learning closes at night and opens during the day. Wow, what a significant picture that mm-hmm. is of the cycle of life. Like sometimes we are closed. It's dark. Yeah. The sun isn't shining. We don't want to be in the dark place. We don't want to be open to the dark things. Mm-hmm. But when the sun comes out, we open up freely and we allow the bugs and bees to come in and drink the nectar and we shine our little petals mm-hmm. and let our the people around us enjoy that you know yeah. there's, there's there's that just that self uh regulation in that's a water a great, lily that's you a know? wonderful picture there yeah yeah so so okay so back to what you said if somebody's saying something you can have three responses way i'm way inspired this guy's a quack or a braggart or oh my gosh i'm not doing this what's wrong with me Right. Okay. Where are you at in the open, closed experience? And uh, also, I got to throw one more little hint because we did talk about this too, is it doesn't mean you have to receive everything a person says because sometimes... Probably you shouldn't. Yeah. Usually somebody has, and that's what I've learned is, is there a nugget that flies by? Grab that. Don't try to say... I have to agree with, and I think this is a difference we have. I'm kind of more the, I'll just filter and see if I get a good nugget. And Becky's more the, well, I have to believe if I agree with one thing, I have to agree with everything, you know? And it's like, no, you just, I mean, she's doing much, much better, but 
she's more to that direction and it's like because i'm a little open lotus flower most (laughs) of the time you gotta right and but part of that is to say yeah we need to know just because stuff comes out of people that there's a fourth position which is i don't need to hear this particular thing right now is not for me yes or i don't need to worry i'm not concerned about it that's not my deal right now right but I think what she did was a great, I think that picture of the lotus, by the way, the lotus, the, the water lily is probably one of the most amazing looking flowers. You mm-hmm. know, I like, I go look through my garden, you get a garden full of roses or. We don't have roses. Or I, I'm kind of. Tr- <laughs> daisies right now is what we have. Yeah, daisies, loads of daisies. Loads of daisies. No, what else do we have? Hyas- no, we don't have hyacinths. Oh, day lilies. Uh, all. Uh, Hollyhocks. Hollyhocks. But it's interesting because you'll see them in their various phases of bloom and they kind of come, they go, they drop off and they die. And the lily just like opens up and it's like, it's just this perfect flawless flower. And then it closes up and and then it comes back and it's this absolutely perfect, just flawless looking flower. It's just amazing, you know, because I'm used to seeing, oh, you know, this rose is kind of dumpy looking and this one looks really good. Oh, okay, this one is great. Okay, this is, I'll take a picture of this one because it actually looks really good. It's like the water lilies are just, wow, they're just spectacular. But I love your picture of open and close. And I think that to me is, and I'm going to kind of work us towards a conclusion I think that's the ultimate picture of what we need to have for our response is we need to be open, but not always open. You know, when the darkness is around us, we don't need to be pulling that stuff in. So can't go just to, uh, yeah. somebody's going to be like water. Li- there's also night water lilies. So sometimes there, yeah. there's blooming. Sh- ignore ones, that. Just, and then there's also 24 hour ones yeah, that yeah, I just whatever. learned about. That's, but for our experience, this is our, have... the analogy is a day opening water lily. Okay, that is the correct go. analogy. All right. So I, I think that's a great picture for what we need to be is receive what you need to receive let the spirit bring it in but but have the wisdom to close in darkness because i think sometimes especially in modern times um there's such a push that no you need to be open to everything you need to receive accept other people for all this and accept that's a terrible word i think you need to love Wow, go close up you just opened a big can of worms i'm gonna just you need to love everybody, but you don't need to hear their stuff in the sense of... You don't need to t- be open to everything. That you don't need are. to be open to everybody's stuff and what they're trying to, you know, essentially what everybody, everybody's selling something and you don't necessarily need to be open to that sale. <laughs> so let's put it that way. Oh no, you opened this can. You're going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not today. No, no. That's what I'm know, saying in your analogy, like... Yep. Sometimes it's okay to not open the can to some people. Right. So, anyway. That's a movie reference. A TV show. It's, yeah. So what nugget, before we close, so what was a nugget you did get from what we just heard about healing for the past three weeks? um, I think more of a focus on just walking in the love of Christ, that knowing that we're, that's just because I think the biggest problem with healing is there is so much baggage we have on having to get it right. Mm-hmm. And it just is filled with guilt and shame of, well, you don't have enough faith. You didn't do this right. 
you didn't, you know, there's just so many things. And I think that was mainly on the focus is love. Mm -hmm. Healing comes through love and recognizing our relationship to the father. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a big one. I think that's my big nugget. That was a pretty big one because that was the topic of the whole healing thing. Yeah. So I'll have to, we'll have to start uh, practicing in that area. We do. I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to, if you don't <laughs> do that it, wasn't my you're a bad kid. So no. <laughs> What's your nugget then? I already said it. Eternal knife. Oh yeah. Equals. Eternal knife. Life. Eternal knife. Eternal life really means the meaning of life or All having right. a meaningful life. Okay. Well, hey. I liked the love part too, but I had a whole lot of the what ifs and are, this is really possible. I want to I want to go further into um, how do you live a, a, a life of dwelling in the love of God without spending five hours out on your deck in an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. As wonderful as that is, and I have some of those experiences myself. How do you do it at Walmart? But how do you do it at Walmart <laughs> or in your kitchen or at your job or whatever? Yeah. like When your babies are throwing up this, on you. and Because we are in a body. The point yeah. isn't to have an out-of-body experience. Hmm. You're in a body and your body's there for you. Your body's not to be. It's easy to be distracted by our bodies. Yeah. And I think that's part of the experience of having these in the spirit times. But um, anyway, I got distracted with that in that whole, in the session. So eternal life is a meaningful life. Yeah. All righty. So open up at the right time. I think we should call this podcast lessons from a lotus flower and people will have to listen pretty far into get to the lotus flower. Thanks for listening guys. If you're all the way to the end, bonus to you. Um, I hope you enjoy something and are inspired by something, whether it's something in nature or somebody's talk that's inspiring or just listening to God in your in your spirit and mm-hmm. you're inspired by the things that are going on in your own spirit, your own mind. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us and give us any feedback, we're always open to that. We're open. You can find us and hopefully Dan will tell me when people do this. Evidently Sarah sent us an email and I didn't even know about it, but Dan will see. <laughs> I, you can email us at podcast at grace.world. Mm-hmm. You can find us on the web at grace.world. And if you do, you can hit the subscribe button so that you get a weekly email that says, hey, we got a new podcast. That's about all we post. Although we have some things in the works that we might try. Might try a YouTube channel. We'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can call us at one eight. 3385 Grace. There you go. And leave a voicemail or text us. Or I'll leave an answer, maybe. Or, oh, yeah, if Dan's around the phone, he'll, he always answers the phone. He always answers the phone. He like runs from other sides of the house if he hears Unless his phone ringing. It says spam likely. He loves <laughs> to answer the phone. So give him a call. Okay. You hey guys have a great week. We're in the last week of July, headed into August. Happy anniversary to us. We've been married 36 years yep. on Tuesday. Phew. <laughs> we love you. Have a great week. Right. Bye. Right. Bye.